truth is kids are going to hear about these topics. Yeah. It's just a matter of, are they going to hear it from you as their parent or are they going to hear it from kids on the playground? Yeah. Just like any other forms of discussion about sex. Like, do you want the kids on the playground telling them or do you want to discuss it? Right. Yeah. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. I don't know. What are we talking about today? I didn't record, so that was Not recorded, what we have I scheduled. think. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk I about... don't fill up to that. That's okay. Okay. We're talking about talking to your kids about gender and gender identity and some things along those lines. Okay. Okay. That's why I have flyers again. Steve's making fun of my flyers. Let's, uh, let's read a review. Yeah, we got a new review. It... Yeah, you guys have no idea how happy reviews make me. <laughs> Evidently. Whenever I see we have a new rating and review, I get real excited. Super appreciated. They mean a lot to us. Did you find it? Uh, no, let me get there. Oh, okay. That's fine. I was just wondering if I should keep talking or if you'd found it already. Okay, oh. I have it. Um, the title of this review is, This Podcast Revives My Hope in... I think it was going to say humanity. Okay. In H dot dot dot. We really Um, don't have a way to read the whole thing. uh -uh. Uh Uh-uh. What else could it be? I bet we could Revives my hope in... I I bet it's humanity. humanity. I could try to get... It might show up on the computer. But anyways, go ahead. It's a five-star review. Thank you very much. It says, I love this so much. All three of you are such beautiful gems. You all give so much love to each other. I just listened to Oklahoma Part 2, and Matt got emotional thinking about if Steve had support, it melted my heart. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Very much appreciate that. That makes me think about that time. must have been very lonely. Yeah. For Steve. It was. It was a lonely time. It was indeed. Even though you had some support, still lonely. Yes. I'm glad we're not there anymore. Me too. And to people who are in those moments, we love you. <laughs> there is light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah. But it's still hard to it be in the tunnel. Takes a lot of tunnel. work. So, yeah. I'm sorry I left you guys hanging on our live last night. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I was late getting Penny to bed and just not paying attention to the time. So... <laughs> That was like six or seven minutes late, getting her to bed and talking through her bracelet stuff <laughs> and talking her off a ledge about how many bracelets she had to make today because of how many orders she I was getting. I keep telling her, I'm like, you don't have to make them all today. It's okay. One take, at a time. Yep. Just do one at a time. Take the weekend. Okay. And, <laughs> Go ahead. And then when I was ready to jump on the live, it didn't show that you guys were on yet for like four or five minutes. We were live. I would refresh and it never showed your little bubble saying you guys were doing a live. It's weird. I was so annoyed. That's so annoying. I know. Dang Instagram. Okay. No no big deal. It was a big deal. That's live. People were there. Yeah. It's good chat. But just <laughs> for people who aren't on Instagram and don't know what we're talking about with Penny's bracelets, 
Penny has been selling pride bracelets. And it like, just, took as, of, off. as of yesterday. <laughs> as of yesterday. She made a bracelet. I loved it. She says she's going to make more and see if people want to buy them. Yeah. And lots of people have. <laughs> yeah. And so she had to hire on an employee today. <laughs> yeah. She had to hire her little bestie to start making bracelets. Matt was like, So when are you hiring employees? And she's like, What? And I'm like, You can get help. <laughs> I told her she could hire me. Yeah. She had to teach me how to make them. It's really fun to make them, actually. I keep sitting down. I'm trying to help her in some ways, but not do too much because I want her to do it. But then I sit down and I start making bracelets and I can't stop because it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Is it fun or is it just addicting? Like It's fun. Like Like we sit there chatting and watching shows and it's fun. It's probably kind of like drive time where you just sit there and do the thing and think about things. Yeah. You just kind of yeah. going with the flow, and it's time with Penny. I think. So, it's Jessica, really are you saying that time. you wouldn't be the mom that would get the Eagle Scout project for your no kid? No. Okay. How about that Colorado school project? Though? That was Penny. We did it together. <laughs> yeah. We did it together. Penny had to do a what do you call that? State report. A state. Well, it wasn't a report. It was a. She had to do a she report. She had to talk about it, Diorama, too. is that what they call it? She had a whole yeah. folder with information in it, too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it was a report. But she had this whole big setup out of cardboard and construction paper, and I don't know what else. I love dioramas. The... It was so cute. <laughs> All the stuff of Colorado was represented there. You so did this good, is Jessica. The main thing I... <laughs> <laughs> this is the main thing I helped her with was ideas, because you and I used to live there, and I was like, I love Colorado because she's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, OK, well, here are some pictures of things you could do. And yes, I did help, but it's fun. Hmm. Well, you both got an A. Good job. We got an A. Yeah. Nice work. <laughs> Thanks. I have made like a spreadsheet for Penny. For her bracelet stuff. Yes. So she she can, she's going to need it. It's yes. a lot of. So she can mark off when, which order she needs to do when they're done. She's been who's writing paid, all of the yeah who's addresses. paid, and she's donating to the Trevor Project for every bracelet that she sells. She's donating a dollar. That's cool. If people pay extra, she donates all of the extra, and so I think she's been excited about that. And the Trevor Project messaged her. She like freaked out. Oh, they did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. pretty cool. And, yeah, they just said thank you for what you're doing. I can't remember what so else they said. So what is the Trevor Project? So the Trevor Project is a nonprofit that is helping teens and kids who identify as queer to keep they're trying to keep kids from committing suicide that's their whole thing is to help teens feel loved feel supported know they have somewhere to go if they need help so from what i read yesterday it is the largest queer associated suicide hotline that is in existence that's awesome as of today yeah that's great yeah and i'd heard about them on some other podcasts and just like cried through the episodes i listened to with them just because it's amazing what they're doing and so needed. So needed. Yes, very much so. I'm not going to cry. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I might, but that's okay. But yeah, I've just been reading about or listening to different podcast episodes because this month is full of LGBTQ-related podcasts and, and Instagram feeds and everything, which is so awesome and exciting to see. And to understand the reason behind why we need more of this is very much that, I mean, I, I, and it gets me all choked up because I think back to when Steve came out and you calling me because you were suicidal and I just, 
and you knew you were loved and supported, but still it was so hard. And so I know there are so many people that need the support. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm glad that there's support and that it's talked about. And yes, Penny is overwhelmed in bracelet making. (laughs) 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 Super excited about it, but also a little stressed out. (laughs) This will be a great lesson for her. Oh, yeah. Nice little lesson in business. Yep. (laughs) That it actually requires work. You don't just get the money and then, oh, I have the money. You actually have to do the work behind it. She's writing out all the little thank you cards to put because she's just shipping them in a card stamp with a stamp and it's pretty cute to like watch her fill those out and to learn how to write an address on an envelope like that's something she didn't know and (laughs) it's good so super fun all of the details she's excited i think she's gonna start into uh trans colors next yeah i told her i want one of those yeah she's got the stuff so there was some other story that i was gonna tell pastel pink blue and white Someone asked that. Yes. When this came up recently. We were thinking about including the black and brown in those as well, just because those are the other colors in the pride flag. But I don't know. Hmm. We'll see what she decides. Very cool. Good times. What was the other thing I was going to bring up that we could talk about? Well, could it be that we went to a fireside this last week? Oh, that was You guys went to really a fireside? Good. Yeah. In fact, I kind of wished you were there. Yeah. What was it? There were several times where I was like, I wish Steve was here to, to, to listen to this perspective. And I was actually surprised at how many people were there. There were a lot of people there. So it was a steak fireside in Matt's parents' steak. And it was Tom Christofferson, who is the brother of Elder Christofferson, who's one of the 12 apostles in our church. So one of the main leaders of our church. It's his brother. Okay. He's got to be, how old do you think he is? 70-something, 80-something? I don't think he's that old. I really? Think, he just has really white hair. Yeah. He just has, I, I think he's super funny guy. Upper 60s, maybe early 70s. Yeah. He didn't I, seem old no. at all. He just had <laughs> really, he was it 70. was just because he had really Clearly white he hair. Did. And yeah. he kept making old man jokes. So yeah. I was like, I don't know how old he is. <laughs> but he wasn't like mumbling over his words. No, he was, he was very, very well spoken. <laughs> um, okay. So he is gay. And he left the church at 25, like removed his name, asked to be done. I think he asked to be excommunicated. Yeah, he asked to be excommunicated. So left the church and came out to his family and all of that. And then he had a partner for 19 years. Yeah. Which was, yeah. And he and his partner, 12 years into their relationship, they'd been looking for a religion to go to. and. Tom was like, I think I'm just going to go to the LDS church and see how that goes. They went to church for seven years together, like active, weren't baptized, but just active in this ward. It was super interesting. But then he decided, Tom decided he wanted to get baptized and live the standards of the church. He went on a mission. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, after his mission was when he decided to leave. But, and then left his partner. His partner. His part. Well, he didn't. His partner was just like, I can't do that because it meant that they were only going to have an emotional relationship. And Mm -hmm. I just cried (laughs) because I felt for all of the, for both of them, you know, like that's so hard. And when he shared that part, like you could tell he hurt too. Yeah. And he said he prayed for years, like he just wanted it to work out. But then also when his partner then found somebody else, he just felt 
he was sad at first. And then he said he just felt at peace because he knew his partner had found what he was looking for as well. So it was interesting. The part that really spoke to me was how his family showed up for him. Yeah, that was huge. Yes. And so he said the first time he and his partner came home to visit the family and to stay with them, there was like this conversation between him and his partner of- As they landed in Salt Lake City. landed in Salt Lake. His partner goes- uh, so what do you think the uh, sleeping arrangements are going to be at yeah. your parents' house? <laughs> are we going to be asked to sleep in separate rooms? And Tom said, he's like, well, if we are, I'll just sneak into your bedroom at night. <laughs> and he's like, but I don't want it to be awkward. I'm just grateful that they're, you know, loving and accepting. And they always were. They were so good to him. And they said they showed up and his mom's like, your guys' room is the one downstairs with the comfiest bed, this room on the right, whatever. Hmm. And just how much that meant to him. And just like allowed him to be who he was, to be who he was and to feel loved and to all of those things that you want to feel. And I just, yeah. Yeah. There were several points during this fireside. I was like, ah, like it would be great to have Steve here, but even more so, like just have any type of family who is maybe struggling with accepting either a son or a brother who has come out. That this is how you treat each other. You still treat them with love and you accept them into your home. And they're not this weird, different uncle. Like uncle. it's not the, I don't know. Yeah. Did I you just, say gunkle? Okay. <laughs> gunkle. The gunkle. Did you say that? Yeah. Is okay. that a thing? It is. Gunkle. I so, like it. <laughs> and he, he, he did allude in one, one point when I thought about you, Steve, is, is that he considered himself among his nieces and nephews as the fun uncle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he he referred to his partner as she, he was the even more fun uncle. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. like detached That's... another level. So he was really fun. But That's it... kind of a thing in the gay community is like, especially I think it probably derives from a lot of guys not having kids just yeah. because right. of their circumstances. It's less likely and... So it's like connection with nieces and nephews is kind of their, like, that's their next best thing, you know? Yeah. And it's it's kind of a thing to be the cool, to be seen as the cool uncle, the cool gay uncle. Which is <laughs> awesome. Because I just think, I mean, I love my nieces and nephews and it's a very special relationship. It's an honor to be the cool uncle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my nieces and nephews, my niece and nephew are coming home for the summer and I haven't seen them in a year and a half and it's their birthdays when they come home and I get to make their cakes and my sister-in-law was feeling bad and I'm like, oh no, this is like <laughs> this is what I do. my honor. I am so excited to be able to make these cakes for these kids and Penny's going to help me. So Also, I can vouch for Jessica's birthday cakes. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> I got two of them this month, <laughs> ate them all. Made them last as long as I could. <laughs> I ate the last little bit of frosting off that poppy seed orange one, like, yesterday. That's hilarious. It was, like, the last thing remaining was, like, a dollop of frosting. And yeah. I was sad to see it go. <laughs> yeah. So, one of the things as I listened to that talk, you know, I've been told, and I did... At the fireside? I, at the fireside, yes. Thank you, by Tom Christopherson. I have been told... That I'm an enabler, right? That I enabled you. I allowed this to happen. Mm-hmm. And the thing I took away from that was like, I didn't allow you to be gay. Like, you're gay. 
that. I'm not saying that I enabled that or allowed that, but your I allowed you to do it in a way that you felt okay, that you knew you were still loved. I was able to be that person and it brought me just so much peace and clarity to listen to that and to know that it was okay. The way we did it has been good and it's there's nothing I don't know. Your recording was more of I Yes, I am an enabler, and I enabled Steve to live. Yeah. Yeah. There seems to be a misconception about, obviously, enabler is used in a negative way. Yeah. Meaning you are enabling, like you're, you're, you're encouraging someone's bad behavior yeah. by not condemning it, right? Yep. Isn't that kind of the perception that, of that being an enabler? Yep. And I think yep. back to all of the episodes that I've watched of Intervention, and the counselor, yeah, the yeah. counselor talking mm-hmm. to either the mom or there's some family member saying, "Hey, you are enabling this this bad behavior." Well, by offering excuses of why they do what they do or why they or make money bad choices or, or a place exactly. to live, okay. uh, yeah, giving them okay. And there are times that that is a problem, right, with an addiction. Yes, like that can be an issue. But I do think there is a misconception about being supportive of. An LGBT family member, a queer family member who, that that can be seen as a negative enabling action. Yeah. And that misconception needs to be cleared up. Like, yes. Like, I'm going to be gay. (laughs) (laughs) Whether y'all support it or allow it or enable it or not, it's just a matter of whether or not you continue to be a positive force in my life by being accepting and supportive or whether or not you get cut out of my life because you choose not to support it and accept it and not cut out. That's not the right word. I know. You know what I'm saying, right? The relationship changes because it has to, because you need, you can't. Firm boundaries are placed. Yeah. Boundaries are placed. You can't have that type of negativity. And someone choosing to, let's jump back to that example. Had the parents said, the example of the of them visiting his parents and not knowing what the sleeping arrangements would be, had the parents said, your room's on the right, your room's on the left, we will not allow you to sleep together in this house. Yeah. Would that have message. stopped? The, what would have happened? Yeah. There would that have stopped them from being gay, from being a couple, from being anything? All it no. would have done is cause tension during their visit and put a rift between the relationship between family and son and now son-in-law. Exactly. So... Yeah. It would have put a wedge within that relationship. It would have done no good, and it would have done harm. Yeah. So that is something worth keeping in mind when trying to decide whether or not you want to show support of someone who lives a life differently than how you feel life should be lived. Yeah. Yeah. I had an interesting experience this week that I think ties to this somewhat of my aunt and uncle came to town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And... Hit me up in advance and said, hey, we're going to be passing through Boise. would love to get together for dinner. And Now, remind me where they're from. I asked Penny, but she didn't know. Uh, Utah. Utah. Okay. South of Salt Lake. Yeah. I can't remember. The Gillif- actually, the same town as I was gonna say. Jed and Heather. Yeah. At least they did. I think they moved a couple of miles, like the next town over or whatever. But anyway, let me like jump back to the story here. <laughs> I was in Seattle once. When I was dating Sebastian, he and I were in Seattle. And I have a gay cousin that was living in Seattle at the time, who is the son of my aunt and uncle that I'm referencing here. So this was, you know, 10 years ago. I hit up my cousin and said, hey, I'm in Seattle, uh, here with my boyfriend. I'd love to get together. 
he and I had not seen each other since either of us had come out. In fact, I don't think we'd even spoken about the fact that both of us had come out. We we saw each other a ton as kids, but we hadn't really stayed close as adults. So this was I was excited about the chance to see my cousin who was now openly gay now that I am openly gay. Like and he was like, Yeah, meet us for dinner. I guess when it actually came around to it, he said, Yeah, I'd you know, I'd love to have you over for dinner. My parents are in town too, so you'll get to see them as well. His parents, my aunt and uncle, I knew were pretty pretty strict, pretty traditional views on, well, at least my perception was they would so not be okay with me bringing a boyfriend to dinner, most likely. And granted, they were here visiting their son who has a boyfriend. So I don't know. I, did, I, just, I didn't know what the scenario was. So I didn't take Sebastian to dinner with me. And he understood. He stayed back at the hotel. I went and met my cousin and my aunt and uncle for dinner. And when I got there, and these are my aunt and uncle. I hadn't stayed close with them as an adult either. So this was like the first time really seeing them as at least I hadn't seen them in, in years other than just in like family settings and group scenarios and such. So, but I got to dinner and we started talking and catching up and uncle Jay stopped me and said, Hey, I understand you're in town with your boyfriend. And, and I was like, yeah, he's back at the, you know, he's, he's, he had some other things going on tonight. He's doing his own thing while I'm here with you guys, basically. And he said, and I actually, I had already said that, but he said, is Sebastian not here because of us? Because you weren't comfortable bringing here. And I kind of like, was like, yeah, I, I didn't really know how you guys would feel about it. And he said, we want him here. Will you call him and please invite him to come join us? We would love to meet him. And if he's here with you and you're here with us, he needs to be here. Basically just making it clear that he was absolutely supportive and and so I called Sebastian. He came over and joined us for dinner, and we had a great evening together. It was awesome. It was the first and only experience I've had with a family member of having a boyfriend present in, in a, with very supportive family members present. And we made plans the next day. They already had plans to go to Mount Rainier and do a day tour, and they invited Sebastian and I to join them, which we did. So we spent that evening together, and then the whole day, the next day, doing touring <laughs> Mount Rainier. And it was awesome. It was so, it was so important for me, like so pivotal for me that this aunt and uncle that I had thought wouldn't be supportive were so supportive and went and made it, went to such great lengths to make it clear that they are supportive. And I loved having dinner with them this week and to be able to share with them how much that meant to me. And they were surprised to hear that that is the only time that I've taken a boyfriend around family members. The only other exception is when Tommy and his family were present at Penny's baptism and my family then met them and interacted with them. But, you know, kind of a different scenario when it's a... And the occasions that you come over to our home and... Just that, <laughs> that is That is the other exception. Different you guys have been family. around. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. But that was... Just, I don't know, it was, it was cool to reflect on that experience. No, and I think that was a pivotal moment for you Very. to recognize that, hey, my assumptions were wrong, and I'm okay. And yeah, I think that's great. And it yeah. was cool to hear their experiences with their son coming out to them, because they were not supportive initially, and this was really incredibly hard for them to wrap their heads around. And I actually wish I would have interviewed them while they were here gotten their perspective and aired it on the podcast but 
they they shared with me what it was like for them having their son come out to them and having to wrap their heads around. Now I, now I feel bad for saying I'd never taken boyfriends around family because oh, I have pff. taken them around you guys. <laughs> He's just messing. <laughs> we know what it's you mean, different. but it's different. It's a different... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a different relationship. So in what we're talking about, one of the things that we wanted to touch on today was just opening up conversations with kids about gender and about their own sexuality and how they're feeling and the power that that has to keep them from being suicidal, from understanding that it's okay to be themselves and to love themselves, to keep them from getting to that point where they are suicidal. And that's one of the main reasons that we're changing this conversation and trying to open up these conversations at a younger age, just so that kids know that it's okay to be themselves. People think, uh, parents, adults, often think, well, if I talk to them about this, then it's going to make them be gay. They're going to plant seeds yeah. or something. But then they're going to start questioning their own sexuality. Then they're going to start wondering if they are the right gender and things like that. And I feel like that is, well, and I've heard research on this, that that is like a very rare circumstance that that would ever happen. That instead, it just makes them more aware of what they are feeling and understanding where they stand around that. The truth is kids are going to hear about these topics. Yeah. It's just a matter of, are they going to hear it from you as their parent or are they going to hear it from kids on the playground? Yeah. Just like uh, any other forms of discussion right. about sex. Like, do you want the kids on the playground telling them or do you want to discuss it? With right. Them? Yeah. Where do you want these conversations to happen? What do you want them to know? What do you want them to understand? And as I think about it, I just want the kids in my life. And I, I'm not just talking about like our kids that are in our home, but also my nieces and nephews and my friends or my kids' friends. I want them to understand that if they were having these feelings or if they are, you know, if they're not homosexual or heterosexual, that it's okay and that I love them and that they could come talk to me, that there will never be any question of that. And I think they know that. <laughs> I think these kids understand and know that. But I want to be that. I want to be a safe place for these kids. What are you thinking, Matt? I was just thinking about like, is there a certain amount of fear, which I know that there is, of, oh, I don't necessarily want my kids visiting this aunt or this uncle or having this cousin around because of this thought of that, oh, what is this cousin going to put into my children's heads? And I don't know. I has, just Has Penny ever experienced that? That do you guys know of? Has that ever been... An issue? Yeah. I've just, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's ever been a scenario that I know of where it affected Penny's, like... Relationship with her Or her social her life or her peers or her cousins or anyone just because she has a gay dad or... I haven't heard of anything. Not that, not that I know of. Mm -mm. But I know that there probably are family circumstances for sure out there of, ah, we don't really want to go visit so-and-so because they're just going to push this type of yeah. thought process onto mm -hmm. my kids right. on um, both sides of that yeah like the people that are scared to have the kids around the gay uncle or the kids that like i worry about people 
not being open-minded to Penny and trying to, like, Penny will have to defend you, even within I mean, our within we, families. Yeah, on the flip side of that, we have made a decision before, Jessica, not yes. to have Penny participate in some things with yeah. a scenario that we felt was probably going to... That she was going to have to defend you. Yeah. Or defend her feelings about you being gay. Do you remember what that scenario was? I don't yeah, recall this. I don't think we're going to get into that right now, but... Okay, we'll tell you after. Yeah. Okay. And maybe another time we'll talk about it, but I know what scenario you're talking about. And it was a conscious choice we made at that time because we were worried about that. And it was, and she was, now I feel more confident in allowing her to be in those scenarios because it's going to, it's probably going to happen. happen. Yeah. And we've I, talked to her about that. I'm but, actually surprised that we can't think of any times that Penny yeah. has been directly affected by the fact that she has a gay dad or that she has a mom and stepdad that are super yeah. open minded and allies. Yeah. But at that point, she was young enough that I was like, nope, she doesn't need to deal with this right now. So we kept her home from some things. And in talking to kids, I was listening to a podcast that talked about (laughs) the idea that you don't like have to get super in depth with them. Just open the conversation. And talk to them about different things. Like I have I have my flyer here. <laughs> and one of the things they say is like there's different areas to talk about of gender identity, gender expression and presentation. And this is something we've talked to Penny about since she was little is it's okay if boys wear skirts or it's okay if you wear things that you think are supposedly boy. Like it doesn't oh, matter. Well, she went through this phase where everything was a boy color or a girl color yeah. or a boy and song or a girl song or a boy toy or a girl toy. Yeah. And I oh, think that's... pissed me off. It is, <laughs> but it's so natural because of how our society is. Mm-hmm. It's not that there's... That she's a bad kid for that, but just opening them up to thinking of a different way that, oh, if I did want to play with that toy, it doesn't mean that I'm being like a boy or it doesn't mean I'm... It means I'm being me. I'm loving and accepting myself for being me, that you don't have to drop into these stereotypes of pink or green or blue or whatever. I don't know. I always struggled. I always said I would never have a kid that had, I would never paint my daughter's room pink. And then she (laughs) wanted it pink. And I was like, why do I care? Like if she wants it pink, it doesn't matter. And now it's some other color and that's great. But um, yeah. I think we get in our heads how things should look and we project that onto our kids and we have to pull that back. Just this last week, my daughter said she wants to paint her room navy blue. Why does she want a navy blue? <laughs> Do it. We figured that was a little dark, but then we got into it that she just wants- Come on, like, you painted her room black just in your a last wall. house. That's what I'm saying. Do you want like the whole thing navy blue or wall? She's like, oh, just one wall. I'm like, oh, that's fine. Like we will paint one wall blue, <laughs> but the whole thing would be very dark. If that's what she really wanted, then we'd go for it, but- You also painted your kitchen pink, remember? I know, but that's because- <laughs> And I said only one wall. <laughs> <laughs> So just some of those things. So gender identity and understanding what you identify as, whether female, woman, girl, uh, male, man, boy, or there's also just other ways they can express themselves, which we've talked about using Mm -hmm. different pronouns and things like that. They also said in in the things I've been seeing is that if you use the pronouns kids ask you to use uh, or teens that they identify with, that drops their likelihood to have suicidal ideation by a significant amount. So that's one easy thing to just kind of start. If a kid says, hey, I would rather go by them, they're they, 
or whatever they asked you to use, it makes a big difference. And that's simple. It's like, these are things we can get behind, right? (laughs) Start embracing. Kids also, things to talk to them about is like what sex they were assigned at birth and that some people don't align with that sex. And then there's sexual attraction and then romantics or emotional attraction. So those are all different things that are points to talk to kids about. We have a bunch of books too that we're going to give you guys that we have a whole list that you can... Like we're going to give them away? We're not giving away the books. We have the list for you that you can go in. They're good (laughs) books to read. I know once I said that, that you guys were going to ask me that. (laughs) Books to read and to understand. Because, and like I said, my main experience is with Steve in this area, right? And sorry, I said right. (laughs) And... I always think back, well, what if Steve had had these conversations as a kid in his household of just understanding that it was okay to be himself? Like how much pain and heartache could that have saved you through your life? And for me, that makes it powerful to think, how could I help another kid not feel what you had to go through, right? And that experience that you had. So that's my motivation behind a lot of this <laughs> is to see that. And honestly, one of the things I have pulled up is just talking to your kids about sex because it's the same idea. Like you you guys already touched on is this idea that if we don't talk to them about sex, somebody else is. And wouldn't we want them to know our thoughts and feelings on it and then make their decisions rather than just having all these influence from somebody else? Right. It's the same idea. Don't discredit their love for other people. And we talked about one of the other ideas too the other day about the idea of when you're asking about who they have crushes on, just say who do you have a crush on instead of inferring that it's a boy or a girl or a certain sex and letting them kind of bring that to you of, oh, well, I have a crush on so-and-so. Oh, cool. And kind of making that a general conversation or even with their friends. And having that open-ended, but just having the conversations, showing that you support other people go a long ways for your own kids. And, yeah. And even if it's not the same topic, no. like just taking the opportunity to let your child see that you support someone who lives life differently than you do. Yes. Even if it's something you don't choose for yourself or for your family or something that even if it's something you have taught your child that you don't choose for them or that they shouldn't choose for themselves showing that you are supportive of other people living their lives the way they choose to do so will make statements about you know there are there are going to be parallels there yeah of the message you send to your child about whether or not they can be open with you about what they really want in life whether it's related to sexual orientation and gender orientation or whether it's something completely different. Yeah. I also have been thinking a lot about the fact that I use sexual orientation and gender orientation. Like usually I just use one of them and view it as interchangeable. And I know they are not interchangeable. I know that they're two different things. And I just want to make that clear. But sometimes just one of them comes to my head and that's the one I use. So I always feel bad when I think about that. Okay. A couple of things too. We have one great resource right now to help open up these conversations. And we've seen that. We've gotten feedback about how to open up these conversations with your kids. And it's the coloring book. It really is super easy. 
That's the whole idea behind it is to help your kids maybe see these terms, read through these terms and realize that maybe they identify somewhere there or to also just. And just to make this clear, the coloring book is more of like a mix between an adult coloring book, meaning yeah, with a little bit more detail and and a kid's coloring book. Yeah. So there's definitely options for both. Yeah. <laughs> And we saw that the other day somebody posted Ben Schlatty. He was coloring his and he's like, oh. this is so much fun. <laughs> I was like, I love that <laughs> I he's enjoying that and going through. He had like a whole bunch of slides of him coloring this coloring book. And then somebody posted the other day, their kid was coloring the picture of you and Steve or I you and Penny. That. And he was trying to get your hair just right. <laughs> it was teal. He got it just right. <laughs> I just thought that was so cute. And she, but I love the person that posted it said this opened up a conversation between me and my son. Yeah, she said lots of great conversations yeah. happening as a result of this. And it's such a simple, easy way to create conversation. So look for things like that, whether it's our coloring book or something else that just opens that door. And just don't be afraid of having the conversation. If you don't know all the answers, tell your kids that. Say, let's learn this together. Let's go learn. That's the other thing that they said on the, a podcast I listened to was, Take time to educate yourself so that you can help educate your kids. So you don't have to know everything right from the beginning, but if questions come up, go educate yourself and then revisit that conversation with your kids, which is really powerful because I don't know all the terms. I know some terms, but I would definitely, if Penny starts coming home with more of them, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I need to go learn what that means. Let's learn what that means, which is awesome. Any other things? I don't think so. Nope. Nope. It's all the things. All the things. It's all of them. It's all of them. <laughs> we have one more week that the live event tickets are on sale for a discounted price. So if you want to get in on that and come play with us and touch Matt's packs, come hang out with Stop. us. <laughs> Didn't know that was on the agenda. No. Neither did I. It was just funny because I was waiting to see how long Matt would look at the information I've been putting out. And so I put that as one of the main things because I knew. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. That's what she did. <laughs> I made it clear that that was actually off limits. That's just me that gets to touch Matt's specs. But <laughs> so, anyways, so during on that the live, note, but we're gonna have fun things. We're gonna record live event. We're gonna be mixing and mingling, getting to know each other. There's going to be balloon animals, all sorts of fun things, and we really do hope you will join us. It's gonna be tons of fun. Steve's phone keeps ringing. Sorry. I doubt they'll hear it on the recording. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Anything else, guys, that we need to touch on? The link for the coloring book and the live event are in our show notes. Should you want to join us for those things? And that's all. All right. Thanks for being here. Have a good week. In any relationship, guys, there are going to be topics that the two of you don't see eye to eye on and don't need to see eye to eye on. It doesn't have to be a source of tension or a sore spot in your relationship. How you feel has value and is worth expressing and standing behind just as how the other person feels about that topic is worth listening to and is worth trying to gain understanding of. Take the time to explain where you're coming from and why you feel the way you do. Take the time to listen to why they feel the way they do and try and understand that. A little bit of mutual understanding can do wonders for any relationship in life. 